Hello again, and welcome to the Luke Miller Podcast. I am glad that you are able to join us this week as we are on episode 39, which is so close to 40, which seems like a a milestone when this was just thought to be something uh, short as a way for for people to get to know myself and our family as we were heading down to California. It it turned into a, a chance where we can actually share weekly in God's Word, and really discover this. So I'm, I'm glad it's lasted as long as it, as it has. Uh, and it's fun to be able to dive into God's word with you weekly. We have been taking a look over the past two months at, at resolving conflict, you know, and what that looks like in our own lives, what that looks like in the life of, of others that we gather with. And, and we finished that up, but I wanted to take some time and really look a bit more in depth at, at trials that we may face because we've dealt with conflict, but what happens when, when we find ourselves in the, the trials of, of life? We want to maybe call this series that we're going to look at Hope in the Dark. Uh, and so how in, in dark times do we look, for, look forward and look to see what God is doing in our lives even while we're, we're facing trials? Really, trials are designed to teach us so that our conduct and that our character changes, right? It, it gives us a chance to sometimes do a reset or uh, move more in the direction where God is calling us. Over uh, the years, uh, whether it's speaking at camps or at conferences or in church, one of the questions that I hear often is, is you know, Luke, why does God hate me? And that question of, of why are bad things happening to me? And the good news is that you're not the first person to ask these questions. The bad news is, is the answer has always been the same since the time of Job or, or anyone in the Bible that was facing all sorts of trials. It's something that we like to call the retribution principle. Uh, and, and that's that question of why do bad things happen to good people and why do good things happen to bad people? In, uh, his, historically, we often get in the mindset that if good things are going to happen, to me, it's because I'm doing good things. And if bad things are going to happen to me, it's because I'm doing bad things. Uh, and we're tackling this topic of that commonly asked question of God, and, which is really saying, um, why is there pain and suffering in the world, right? And in understanding some of those trials that we go through. Uh, and, and what is the truth in the trials that we are, are currently going through? How can this shape us as we go forward? And, and that word trial means, by definition, under the thumb of pressure. And, and many of you know from experience what that feels like. Some of you are right now going through what seems like unrelenting pressure that keeps you awake at night, that makes you feel kind of wiped out during the day. And in the New Testament, the word trial means to prove by testing. In other words, a trial demonstrates genuineness of your faith in Christ and refines the quality of your spiritual life. All right. And and that's an important thing for us to understand because often we, again, think that if bad things are happening to us, it means because we're doing bad. One of those other things 
that we see is that, again, the other side of it is if we do good things, then good things will happen to us. It's uh, where we get a lot of that prosperity gospel narrative coming from. But if you take trials in their true sense in the New Testament, again, it's all about demonstrating your genuineness in your faith in Christ when you go through bad things. And I love this word of, of refining the quality of your spiritual life. And, and that's really going to be the challenge for us as we go through this, is as we spend the next couple weeks taking a look at this, how are we going to be able to refine our own spiritual life daily? And as we face trials, how are we going to demonstrate our own genuineness uh, that our faith really is? And I mean, it's safe to say this: the storms of life, they come fast and they come furious, and often it's that snowball effect. It's just one thing after the next after the next. There's no doubt that 2020 is kind of that year where it just snowballed. Uh, and maybe I'm using too much of a, a northern term when I say uh, snowballed, but it just starts small and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Trials can be tiny, they can be irritating, or they can be uh, incredibly large and seem like they will. there's no end to them. Trials can involve physical, they can involve relational, financial, emotional, and and circumstantial. Uh, All different types of trials are going to be faced. Several biblical terms are used almost interchangeably when we come to this. There is suffering, there is hardship, there is tribulation, there is chastising, and there is discipline. And, And all of these are used interchangeably when we're talking about trials. Um, And I think the important thing for us to understand is that no one is exempt from this. No one gets a trouble-free ride into heaven. We know the path is narrow uh, that we travel. And if it was easy, Jesus would have said it. But instead, Jesus puts it this way in Matthew 24, 9, then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you'll be hated by all nations because of me. (laughs) Jesus doesn't sugarcoat it, is, is what I'm saying here. Uh, when you become a Christ follower, you're, you take on and know that persecution is coming your way. 1 Peter chapter 4.12 is another great place where we see this. Dear friends, do not see, be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering, as though through some strange way, uh, something strange were happening to you. It's saying suffering is the mark of discipleship. Persecution is something that's guaranteed for every Christ follower. The Christian life is not a quick, uh, a quick fix, I, I guess is what I'm saying here. New Christians are sometimes confused when they think everything should go perfectly and that there should be no more difficulties. And it's one of the things that, I mean, you hear me talk a lot about camp speaking. And one of the things that I really try and leave with the campers as they go away on the last day of camp is that, you know, It's not going to make your life easier. However, it's going to provide you with the right type of hope and the right type of joy. Some believers may even wonder if, you know, they're at fault. And again, this is this retribution principle that I talk about. If they just had more faith, then maybe the hard times would go away. When you put your faith in Christ, you will experience pressures and persecution. And that's the way uh, it goes. Uh, Acts chapter 14 is another great picture of this. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. And 
And, and so that's kind of where we, we find ourselves today. Uh, as we look at this, if you've got your Bibles, you can go to Hebrews chapter 12, and that's where we'll spend a bit of time in this, starting in verses 5 through 7, uh, where I want to take a, a look at several points that I think are very important for us. And, and really, the first one is to take your suffering seriously because it validates your relationship with God. Meaning, if, if you are being persecuted, then there's something there that you should be saying good. Verses 5 through 7 of Hebrews chapter 12 says, And you have forgotten that word of encouragement that addresses you as, as sons. My son, do not, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. Do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes everyone he accepts as his son. You know, endure the hardship of discipline. God is treating you as sons. For what what son is not disciplined uh, by his father? And in the word discipline here is used four different times in these verses and refers to God's involvement in the hardest part of your life. And the word means to provide instruction with the intent of forming proper habits and behavior. And, and this is where we, we find ourselves in this, is as we go through trials, and each week we're going to look at kind of a different way we fitch uh, we find ourselves facing trials or facing persecution, that God used um, uh, the word here for discipline as really translated as teaching. And we see that same word, we see this being used in Titus chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, uh, where, uh, where it's used, again, interchangeably as teaching, designed to teach us so that our conduct and that our character changes. Notice verse 5, also, uh, that the readers have forgotten, you know, and, and we do that from time to time, don't we? We forgot kind of the correct way in which we're, we're supposed to behave. If, we've, if you've got kids, you, you often say when they head over to a, a friend's house, don't forget, you know, say thank you for everything. And, and you encourage them to, and oftentimes I get this with our kids, I'll say, don't forget to say please, don't forget to say thank you. And I get the response back, I know, Dad. You know, I, I, I know that's what I'm supposed to do. And I'm like, I know you do. I know you do. But I'm just reminding you just in case. Right? And, and really, the answer is surprising in this, uh, which is the word of encouragement. Right? Um, and, and really, that word encouragement means to come alongside to help or to give aid. We experience something like this. Uh, you know, if you've ever been stuck on the side of the road uh, and you've needed help and someone has stopped for you. I still remember growing up, uh, one time we were in a parking lot at a shopping mall. We were traveling. I believe we were in Vancouver at the time. And, and our battery wouldn't start. And I remember, like, my dad walking up to people being like, do you have time? All I need, I've got the cables. All I need is someone to jumpstart the car. And people just looked right at him and were like, no, like, no, I have no time. <laughs> uh, no, I will not help you. And, and how encouraging it is when someone actually stops. And the amount of times you just say, thank you. Thank you for being the one person who sees that I am in need. Right? And so there's something here about taking seriously also um, the suffering that we may go through and realizing that it validates our relationship with God. 
and and that when we face trials that that this is something that is expected one of the worst things that we can do is expect that everything is just going to be great because the reality is that it's not but there is joy in knowing that this persecution comes with being a Christ follower so you should you you might be doing something right but it can also mean that you might be doing something uh, wrong and that God is correcting. Uh, and so we hear this word discipline, but but also we hear this um, word discipline. And again, answering that question uh, that I hear so often of why does God hate me? I think something that we can get from encouragement from this is that understanding that going through a difficult time does not mean that God hates us. In fact, Difficult dem- difficulties demonstrate that he loves us. And, and if we ponder this for a second, look at verse 6. Because the Lord disciplines those he loves. I mean, that's a very important statement right there. God moves towards us. It's far from abandoning us when we go through difficult trials. Uh. And what it's doing is, is God is saying, you know, I love you so much that I want to help make you better. The goal of all the pain you may feel as you go through trials is really the goal is, is restoration and to gain a deeper sense of God's love for us, a love that is willing to take you through the valley to get you to the hilltop. There's no quick fixes with God. He's, he is going for change in you at the deepest level and the most longest lasting level. And I think that's also a level of encouragement for us. Um, Where it's saying God is going to stick with you through those darkest moments. Biblically speaking, trials are appointments. They're not accidents. That means that whatever trial or difficulty you're going through today has been tailor-made for you by a loving Heavenly Father to refine you. Have you thought, and if you think about it that way, all of a sudden, it, I hopefully it gives a bit of hope in the trials you may face, knowing that God has said, I know you can get through this. I want to help you through this. He appoints tough times for, for our own good in his glory, and he is never cruel in his correction. And, and I want us to take this into consideration and really think about this, that Everything that comes to you has already passed through the hands of God and has received his stamp of approval. That should not be a discouragement. To us, it seems like God is punishing us, but he's actually attempting to teach us and really provide us that freedom through Christ, that freedom that we are looking for. One great passage on this is Lamentations chapter 3, verses 33. He does not willingly bring affection or grief to the children of men. Even though it may feel like God is far away and distant from you in the distress you may feel, the truth of the matter is he not only sees your suffering, he's concerned about you. We also hear about his heart in in Exodus chapter 3, verse 7. I have indeed seen the misery of the people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their their suffering. And I guess the where we find ourselves in this is really coming to the conclusion that no matter how bad the storms of life are, no matter how 
deep the trials are, it's imperative that you submit to God. Look at the end of verse 9. How much more should we submit to the Father of our, our spirits and lives? You know, to, to place under this orderly fashion. It was also used uh, of soldiers who lined up in military fashion, ready to hear the orders of the commander. You know, I can shake my fist at God or I can drop to my knees and surrender knowing that he has my best interest at heart. And, and I think that's where we need to find ourselves, knowing that God is ultimately good for us. And if you look at the middle of verse 10, again in Hebrews chapter 12, but God disciplines us for our good. This also is, can be translated, depending on what translation you look at, which is for our profit. Uh, and, and pain can be perfect for some of us because of what comes from it. it C.S. Lewis has a great quote, and I've used it before in, in this podcast and in, in sermons. God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks to us in our conscience, but he shouts in our pains. It's his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. And, and that's really it. Sometimes we need that megaphone. God needs that megaphone to get the message across to us. And, and I think sometimes we need that. Let me uh, put it into the, uh, a form that, and an analogy that I fear the most which is the dentist. And I've shared this a bit before, uh, which is, um, I know I need to go to the dentist. And I, when I walk into that dentist office, I hear that drill and immediately I'm, (laughs) I, my stress level goes through the roof. I, I think even just the smell of the dentist office makes my stress level go everything about the dentist office makes my stress level go through the roof. Uh, and, and no matter how nice the receptionist is, there's, I real, really feel there's nothing that will take away that stress. And I mean, <laughs> the dentist office that I used to go to, there was a picture that clearly a five-year-old had drawn and she had posted it in there. The dentist had put it in the in there, and it said, "Why did the chicken cross the road?" And there's the picture of the chicken crossing the road, yelling help. And the answer is to get away from the dentist. <laughs> and it shows the dentist coming with like this drill <laughs> and and this you know like wrench in her in her hand. And you know what? I thought that five year old's got it. You know, they nailed this one. Uh, it's not as much a joke as a reality for me, and clearly this five-year-old. But, but it's like when we've got that cavity, you know, and we've got that dentist uh, drilling out that decay in our lives. And some of us have got a lot of cavities, uh, and we need to get that drilled. And it is not going to be a great experience, but it has to happen to stop it from getting worse. I'd rather have a cavity and have to have it get that drilled out and that decay drilled out than to have to have a, you know, root canal or whatever comes after that. And, and I think it's better that we approach that with our own trials. And, and I hope that is something that, that we can see. 
um, hard times can be that catalyst for holiness, you know, that we may share in his holiness, it actually says in verse 10. Uh, And so I think that's really that end game. God's end game for whatever stress or trial or pain you're going through is your own holiness. He may may use bad things you are experiencing to teach you something that he can't get through to you in any other way. Job, a classic example of that. Job 23.10, but he knows the way um, that I take uh, when he has tested me. I come forth with gold, right? God sees your suffering. He sees your trials. And in verse, and in this verse, he tells us that our trials will not last forever. God may have a break, have to break us in order to make us stronger. And, and that comes through acknowledging that there will be restoration. To, and our challenge this week, and you may be going through trials or they may be happening or they may have just happened, is to ask for us to have boldness, knowing that, that for us, God has that grace, is giving us that grace to forgive. And so I hope that as we start to journey through this and ask ourselves what this is going to look like, um, we're going to talk next week as to why trials come in our lives. You know, what is the rationale? Talk a bit more about that retribution principle. But I wanted to be able to define it a bit today uh, so we can understand it as we go forward. Uh, so uh, I'll stop there for today, knowing that we've got some uh, a lot of material for us to talk about as we go forward. Uh, but this is a great place to start uh, with the new year as we look forward because just because 2020 has now ended and we're in 2021 does not mean that there is going to be an immediate cure for everything that is going on. Trials will always happen and we have to be willing to be shaped by God, willing to acknowledge some things in our life and be willing to move forward so we can be refined. Let's end there. Take care. Have a great week. And I'm looking forward to this topic as we move forward. We'll see you next week.